news and talk you can trust. The Morning Answer with Brian Putman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Monday Morning Answer. Happy Thanksgiving week, Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn. Grateful to be here with you and so happy to have you join us each and every morning, 6 to 9, AM 870, AM 590 from all of us here. Happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for all of uh, your obviously being part of the Morning Answer listening family and, and thank you for being there for us during what has been a Challenging year. And by the way, we were thanking you before Jennifer brought COVID-19 in here and spread it around like it was, uh, you know, a, a party favor. Or sure. Something. Uh, I wasn't no. the asymptomatic spreader, sir. Oh, you're so mean to say that. <laughs> but you could be you right. are pretty mean. Come on. Oh, I'm kidding, please. <laughs> Everything you say about me, I can't joke that you gave me COVID when it's a matter of fact. I might That's have, my lawyer. But I like to share. I, All right. I know. I'm kidding. No, let me say one. Yes, go ahead. And then when we got the COVID in this uh, unprecedented year. Mm-hmm. What happened, people who think, you know, they don't agree with me, but they're kind enough. They like me. They think I'm a good and they, I love these guys. The, the outpouring, you felt it for your mom and dad, for me. Uh, I felt it for all of us. So thank you guys, really, for making us feel so supported. If we have returned that, I certainly hope we have in some measure. Uh, we're grateful for that, too. So uh, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we will be celebrating Thanksgiving all week long here on The Morning Answer. But first, I want to bring you up to speed on something well, maybe some of you are thankful for, for looking for a return to normalcy. The head of the U.S. effort to produce a coronavirus vaccine said that the first immunizations could happen on December the 12th. A Food and Drug Administration advisory committee is set to meet on December 10th to discuss Pfizer's request for an emergency use authorization for its COVID-19 vaccine vaccine. Pfizer and its biotech company uh, that's partner, actually it's a German partner for this company, recently announced that the vaccine appears 95% effective at preventing mild to severe COVID-19 disease in a large ongoing study. Dr. Salawi, who heads up Operation Warp Speed, was on with Jake Tapper over the weekend and talked about the development of this vaccine and just when to expect it. Pfizer submitted its emergency use authorization application for its vaccine on Friday. An FDA vaccine advisory committee is slated to meet December 10th. This appears to be an extraordinary achievement. When do you expect the first person will be vaccinated? Well, our plan is to be able to ship vaccines to the immunization sites within 24 hours from the approval. So I would expect maybe on day two after approval, on the 11th or on the 12th of December, hopefully, Uh, the first people will be immunized across the United States, across all states, uh, in all the areas where the the state departments of health will have told us where to deliver the vaccine. That's a White House official who's in charge of sort of overseeing and monitoring and under President Trump's direction, I'm sure, and I give the president great credit for this, uh, and have consistently the expeditious manner with which he has assisted and put emphasis on getting vaccines ready to go. Uh, We have the Pfizer news we talked about last week. We wake up this morning on the morning answer for a Monday with Brian and Jennifer to news at AstraZeneca, another pharmaceutical company. They say that their coronavirus vaccine reduced the risk of symptomatic COVID-19 by an average of 70 percent, according to an interim analysis of large phase three trials conducted in the UK and in Brazil. The results, while positive, uh, suggest the vaccine may be less effective than to others. And with the Pfizer we just spoke about and Moderna, uh, the other 
which have 95 percent mm-hmm. efficacy against COVID nineteen infections in their respective clinical trials. Still, researchers imagine this at the University of Oxford. They developed this vaccine, partnered with AstraZeneca to develop it. They hailed the latest data as promising, and I think it's promising too. And you know what? If you're like me, this weekend when I'm hearing a lot of reports that sounded like March of this 2020. Yeah. And then the next story or the next thing I read online would be about the vaccines. And I understand they have to be safe and it takes time to do trials to prove them safe. I'm thinking, okay, we are a lot better off because look at this. We have four or three, certainly companies that have vaccines that 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 the news is positive right and operation warp speed was one of the best things that president trump did and he started this by the way in january while uh, democrats were not focusing on the covid virus they were instead talking about impeachment president trump was forward thinking enough to realize that a vaccine would be necessary in order to get things back to normal and i think it, it was important to put all of the resources and by the way i don't know why we don't do this i know it costs money but for significant uh, illnesses. This is something we should be putting our force behind. Instead of waiting 10 years for people to get FDA approval like it normally takes, for things like cancer, for serious illnesses, we should be allowed to expedite this process in a, in a safe but quick manner. Yeah, I think this, it, um, I think it matters to people's well-being. I, th- I think it does too. And there was a part of me, and I do want to say that the government is involved sometimes, certainly when there are uh, health emergencies or epidemics, you know, uh, in, in moving forward, uh, testing on things like SARS or, and I would assume, although I don't have specific knowledge, HIV, AIDS and, and medications there, which have proved lifesavers. Doctor, uh, th- oh, sorry. Go no, ahead. No, I, I, all I was going to say is uh, a side of me felt this week, and I can just admit it, but, uh, but, but another side says, no, it's irresponsible because they have to go through trials and all of that. Mm-hmm. And you want it to be safe because that could be even a bigger problem than the problem we have now. But if you listen to the apocalyptic reporting that's going on out there, you might think is what I thought actually very early this morning. Well, I kind of think they're kind of telling us we really don't have anything to lose. Yeah. So, you know, to, but to I think that, there is some I mean, you do have to is, with vaccines because some of them change your right. genetic code. I mean, there are a lot of people who are concerned I police about myself. That. I have these wacky thoughts, but it's rooted in, hey, we got vaccines. Like if they're sitting right there and they are the, the women's like, just shoot me up. Let's go. You know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, CBS, <laughs> it, CBS pharmacies in the news this morning saying they're all ready to go and it will yeah. be injections. Vaccines will be injected. And then, of course, who gets it first is another issue. Well, we'll hear about that right now, Dr. Slowey talked about just who gets it first. Remember, it's frontline workers and high-risk patients first, and then it will be rolled out probably by spring next year for the rest of the country. Take a listen. What's going to happen, which is happening literally starting tomorrow, is that the CDC and its Advisory Committee for Immunization Practices, ACIP, are going to start looking into the data of the vaccines at the same time as the FDA is assessing the data for emergency use authorization assessment. And the plan is within 24 hours or less from the emergency use authorization approval, the ACIP will meet and issue guidance. CDC will issue guidance to all the states. Here are the populations that should be prioritized. But then the way things are planned is we will distribute vaccines where each state Department of Health will have asked us to distribute it. And then it will be the state. Each state will independently decide Take into account the guidance, who to immunize. So some states may make different decisions depending on their population and their situation. But clearly, the highest risk people, the first line workers, the healthcare workers will be among the first 
to be immunized in the next three months after immunization, after approval. That's Dr. Salawi there saying just how this will be rolled out. And depending on the vaccine, there are really strict protocols that have to go along with it. For the Pfizer vaccine, you have to keep it, I think, at 80 degrees below zero. And that's why the Trump administration was talking about using the military to deploy that vaccine, just because the conditions have to be just right or you have to toss it. And the way that the scientists and and the the folks in the lab do this kind of thing, I understand with the AstraZeneca vaccine, Jennifer, they've stumbled into, not stumbled, I I don't mean to, they have come to the idea that half a dose at first, followed by a full dose later has more effectiveness in the... On the on the folks who were part of their clinical I trials, more think that's pretty consistent. Illness. Actually, I've heard uh, that really? it's a couple of doses. I don't know if they. I, I'm not sure about Pfizer and Moderna if they do like a half dose and then a full dose, but I think it is a series of two. Are you concerned about the volatility of your investments as an investor with traditional investments, including IRAs? I'm concerned about the stock market and how printing so much money out of thin air will affect the value of the dollar. I heard my friend Seb Gorka talk about Midas Gold Group, and I know. Owning precious metals adds safety and stability to savings and investment portfolios. So I finally spoke to Midas Gold Group for myself, and what a wonderful experience it was. There were no pushy salesmen. Their knowledgeable professionals know everyone's needs are different, and they treat each person accordingly. I encourage you to meet with Midas Gold Group for yourself. Call to schedule an appointment. Ask for their free IRA guide on how to use your IRA to own physical gold and do it tax-free. Call 805-601-6000, 805-601-6000. I get gold from Midas Gold Group, and I believe you should too. Call them 805-601-6000. All right. The CDC has said Thanksgiving should be off the table. Are you following those recommendations? Or in the driveway. As your Monday morning answer continues. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's, um... That's why I don't listen to the radio much anymore. Well, anyway, this is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. It is Monday, the beginning of another work week, but this one just might be short. It's Thanksgiving week. Happy Thanksgiving Good. to all of you from all of us. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, yes. I'm here glad it's a short with week. you. Senator Lindsey Graham, I've suffered through a morning answer show. Well, you know, you got to understand, That's why. he's been through hail. Right. I've been through first Kavanaugh and then lovable liberal. This is hail. <laughs> Now, of course, uh, well, you know, I don't take it that personally. You because when I first heard him say that, it was I who said, hey, guys, that's hilarious. Have him say this that about hail. me. This is hail. <laughs> this is just great. Have him say that about me. I and did. Have Lindsey Graham on the phone. Call Hugh Hewitt. Hugh knows everybody. No, I said, take that drop and make it, a, make it, make me the joke. Make I know. it. I don't listen to radio anymore, the liberal. Speaking of this Hugh. Hell. Thank you, Lindsey. Speaking of Hugh, did you, I mean, of me? We have got to get Hugh to start sharing his guests with us because oh, no. he's got it. He's he had to... Matthew McConaughey on last week. What? And the story was all over the place because he asked Matthew McConaughey if he'd run for pol- political office. Oh, my gosh. And McConaughey Matt... said, well, maybe, but not right now. Uh, but maybe, maybe. I guess maybe I would. All right, all right. <laughs> all right, all right. I guess maybe I would. Now, Hugh Hewitt, because you think the interview subject is uh, Hollywood movie star Matthew McConaughey. Hugh Hewitt didn't ask him the obvious question. Which is? Matthew, if you could be a tree, what tree would you be? He did not. He didn't ask him that. He asked him instead about politics <laughs> and government. I'm going to like a tree and leave if you keep asking right. me those hey, questions. Uh, 
Your okay, bark yeah. is bigger should, than your bite. We should try to get right. some of those guests because he gets the big, 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 yeah. big ones. Kevin, can you talk to the enforcer, Katie, who is uh, out um, enjoying some well-deserved she's time? She's enforcing uh, uh, oversleeping. If Hugh Hewitt can get Matthew McConaughey, well, we then should Shirley, at least be able to get, To like, get Squiggy from, from right. Laverne and Shirley <laughs> if he's living. Please, <laughs> so we should at least work on. We'd like Whitney, him, for we'll him take to take Lenny. Uh, yeah, uh, Lenny. We'd I? like we'd like Lenny to talk about closures and their effect on our First <laughs> Amendment freedoms, and that'll be Tuesday. I'd even the- take the big ragu. I used to think he was pretty cute, Carmine. Oh yeah, I have a Remember? vague memory of that. Oh yeah, please, vague, yeah. All right, uh, let's okay. talk about the Potsy on the pandemic Wednesday at eight oh five. Now you're talking my language. All right, uh, Thanksgiving week is upon us. Yep, we've heard. And this is full disclosure time. We want you to join us right now. 855-785-8255. Full disclosure. You have to be honest. You can be anonymous if you want or not. Just wear that leather jacket. Toughen up and tell us your name. All right. Are you taking government orders to shut down your Thanksgiving? Are you modifying your Thanksgiving or your travel in any way? The reason I ask this is because uh, governments across the country are requiring some really silly rules. Masks in between bites, limited to uh, Thanksgivings that are limited to three families, outdoor Thanksgivings. TSA and this is always a good gauge as to whether or not people are taking this this seriously. Usually Thanksgiving is one of the busiest weeks to travel aside from Christmas. I, that's it. This is that's a right. huge the week for travel. Uh, safety authority? Uh, administration. administration. TSA, right. They, they deal with the typically heavy Thanksgiving travel. So they have screened so far one million passengers last Friday for only the second time wow. since the pandemic began. Last time was Sunday, October 18th. Imagine that. Yeah. And uh, despite CDC guidance on uh, Thursday advising against this, people still seeming yeah. to want to travel for Thanksgiving. One million passenger screen on Friday alone. Now, that was down two and a half million from the same day last year. But yes. uh, that still indicates that people have a desire to travel and you know, see their family. California, of course, we've got a curfew. Nevada, Steve Sisliak, the governor there, is imploring residents to stay home. They're encouraging out-of-state visitors to uh, to come to Vegas to spend and money in LA, we've got that that you know the the uh, the ordinance about gatherings, right? So so here's it, just two very quick thoughts. The reason that we're seeing people, and certainly there are people, certainly there will be people who will talk to a gentleman last week. Uh, there will be people who will take uh, who who will who will make no changes. There are people who will fly and travel and continue to do it because. It's a very personal thing, Thanksgiving, for people mm-hmm. who, I mean, if you, as uh, as Green Day sings, the photographs and still frames in your mind of childhood <laughs> right. Thanksgivings, you see them so vividly as all of us probably see very common images. The people are different, but it's a family or a setting of loved ones and a large one at that, and we're together and we're eating. It's been always that way. We have been through in this 2020, it all started really at the begin for us here in America, started in Southern California in the beginning of the year. And it's lasted all year, now to the 11th month of, of, of only 12 months, right? I used that phrase last week because I think it's important. At the end of the year, people are now, some people are now saying, I'm not going to sacrifice that. I'm just not going to do that. Life and, is short. Um, yeah, and some would say, well, it'll be shorter if you go there and get sick. And I'm not being funny. I'm being serious. Others are, would say that in response because that is the argument in response. And it might not be shorter for you. It might be shorter for someone else, and you have to think about other people. So that's the other side of that. However, uh, people will do it. And mark my words, there will be, and I think it could happen in Los Angeles. Remember Eric Garcetti went to that hill 
Uh, he didn't go there because he doesn't know the Hollywood. Are they in the valley? No, they're in the hills, actually, <laughs> oddly enough. And they emptied that house and, and took those people in for, for that big party, that gathering, that huge gathering. Uh, mark my words. On Monday morning, after a long weekend or, or during the weekend, if you if you t- turn turn in tune in for news and information, I think we're going to see stories, unprecedented stories, of large gatherings on Thanksgiving Day being broken up by local governments. Or, I can't or this imagine that the police government. are going to actually uh, well, actually I, I, implement this. Or I know they wouldn't it. want to do. I know they wouldn't want to do it. Most of them but, have said that they're not because most of these things well, are the considered to be unconstitutional. Eight five five seven eight five. That's the curfew. It, it, the curfew, but also mask mandates. A lot of people have a lot I just of, mean the gatherings because L.A. and under right, but what I'm saying the, is that there is now there there's now precedence that the law enforcement that would be responsible for cracking down isn't going to crack down on Thanksgiving. Celebrations. 855-785-8255 is a number to call. Has your Thanksgiving, have your plans changed? Has your travel plan changed for Thanksgiving because of COVID? Or are you moving ahead as usual? It seems there are some people, travel is down, but it's still the busiest weekend of travel since March. Three million travelers over the weekend, Friday through Sunday, making their way through uh, area and and airports throughout the yep. country yes kurt is uh, i don't know where kurt where are you calling from and welcome to the morning answer good morning brandon janice kurt from mission viejo mission viejo hi kurt tell us happy a, thanksgiving happy thanksgiving and tell us what your plans are like this year are they changing happy thanksgiving to both of you our plans are not changed actually we are having a tlm protest turkey lives matter love it so um, then you're not breaking however, any rules if you're having a protest so right? then you're having a vegan exactly. thanksgiving too uh, okay. uh, well, actually, no. Two turkeys that have been sacrificed are going to uh. be on our grill and smoker, along with some tri-tip. Ooh. But uh, Ooh, you know, we're not changing it. We're going to have people over. We're kind of uh, upset at Mr. Gruesome. Yeah, See, that's why people are pushing back. Th- that's why I'm asking. Can you, can you talk, if I get 20 seconds with Kurt, I said right. last week, and you're an honest guy, and you just kind of sort of said it. So I want to explore it with you, buddy. There is, I mean, in your voice, and you just said you referred to this sort of extra energized defiance this Thanksgiving to do this the way you always have because of your offense. And by the way, I respect the offense you're taking because I know it's very personal. I'm not going to tell you you feel the wrong way. But but it is because it is because of the government actions and the closures, right? You're coming at it even with more defiance on your holiday. Uh, it's correct. And we're hearing that correctly, aren't we? Well, we are thankful to our Lord for what we have gotten this year, unemployment checks and that kind of stuff. But, yes, there's a little twinge of, um, you know, thumbing our nose. I would use a different uh, visual, but uh, on the radio it doesn't work. <laughs> thank you, sir, for that. Kurt, yes. Thank you so much. Kurt Mission Viejo, enjoy that Thanksgiving uh, no matter what you do. 855-785-8255. Have your plans changed? Plus two congressional races uh, we're finally ready to call we'll give you the results as your monday morning answer continues the morning answer with brian whitman and jennifer horn jen is the conservative crusader brian is our lovable liberal welcome to the answer Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, and yes, we are still, well, we 
we're still talking about the presidential election, which means we're still talking about local California congressional races and Mm. some good news for Republicans. And uh, we'll start, I guess, outside of our uh, outside of our immediate area. There was California District 21 that had Republican David Valadeo running against Democrat T.J. Cox. This is in Fresno County. And the battle went till just over the weekend when a Republican congressional candidate, David Valadeo, pulled ahead of Cox by over 4000 votes. He did it last Tuesday, finally Election officials halted counting ballots due to COVID-19 exposure. And as of Saturday, it seems uh, that they were suspending canvassing operations again because of COVID. It's now being projected that Valadeo will win California District 20. One, that is the prediction from media in the area, the San Joaquin Valley Sun, projecting David Valadeo will defeat Democrat incumbent T.J. Cox. Jennifer, am I hearing you correctly? It's an honest question that the, the, the fears associated with COVID infections in Los Angeles County and California and across the nation, we'll share more details with that about that with you in a moment. Are those fears of COVID, did they shut down some what, of the some, canvassing, because remember what they're doing right now. the canvassing is critical to counting the votes accurately. That's kind of an odd. Uh, I, I mean, I understand. Look, I don't want anybody, uh, you know, but at the same time, w- should a postponement be in order? And by the way, I'm saying this having really no knowledge of the Democrat or the Republican who's in, who is benefited from this. But if, if, if counting every vote is important, and goodness, we've heard that uh, for weeks here and even before that, uh, canvassing should, if it needs to be postponed, that's one thing, but. Do you you find that interesting? I do. I I think that obviously it it is – it's an odd one because you've got these – I don't think many of us had heard about curing votes, right? And so uh, when you have a universal mail-in election, there are people who forget to sign their ballots. There are people who make marks outside of the box, and they have to – those ballots are returned so that those people can verify. What we've seen going on in a local congressional race, and we'll talk about that one in a moment, Mike Garcia and Christy Smith, is that the candidates were out there trying to re-canvas. They're trying to go around and try to to pick up – Try to campaign again. Right. And that shouldn't be allowed. And, well, I think if you're going out there and you're trying to – if you have a list of people whose ballots have been returned to them, I think it's, it but, but, becomes but, but, fair game with ballot harvesting to go out there and try well, to collect those ballots and get them be turned back just in. Just because but, you don't like one, you shouldn't uh, inauthentically like uh, like the other. Let me say this. I don't if, like either one of them, to be, I know you to be fair. I know, and that's why, I, that's why I'm presenting this argument or this, this conversation to you. If, if a vote is returned to someone because there is – and we've talked about this. There's an error. A voter made an error on the ballot. And we talked about this before the election or on the election days after and now, obviously, the vote, the ballot would be mailed. And it was many were back to the voter to correct the formality, the mistake. But all of us thought about, well, what if the voter says mistakes? I punched the wrong candidate. They want to change their vote because maybe now they see how close the election is. I don't if you I don't know that ele- you can change the vote. I, okay. I think it, it most of but the time it's why, that people forget to sign. Okay, but why then are the candidates going to canvas just to because make they want sure? to pick it up to make sure they get returned? Because I here's the thing. Actually, if they send I mean if you're gonna do ballot harvesting, this is just the next step in it. So basically no, if those yeah. ballots are returned back to the person for a signature or some other type of verification, the candidates say, Well, we want to get those votes that are my vote basically and you know what? returned. I think that's fair. I think that's fair because so, that vote was 
was cast, an error was made, it was sent back for correction. And now if the candidate wants to say, well, but they say no electioneering at the polling place. If the candidate wants to get to the to the voter and say, hey, just make sure you finish that. And if you want, you can give it to me. I'll put it in the middle. You know, that might be a step too far. But but as long as votes are not changing, because then you have second chance voting and it would be not fair and equal under the law. Yeah, basically, they're just going out there to return the vote, the votes that were already cast to get them returned and counted. And at both the candidates, whether they're Republicans and Democrats, whatever, they look and see what the registrations are. And then they go back and try to to pick up those votes and turn them in for counting. And these are races, my dear, that are separating the candidates are separated by By hundreds of votes. Yeah. Sometimes very few. And this is David Valadeo. He was the congressman from this district. T.J. Cox, the Democrat from Fresno, beat him last time around. David Valadejo now winning by 1,618 votes. The reason they called this race, even with the shutdown, is that they said that the number of votes outstanding would not make up the margin of votes, the 1,618 votes that uh, Valadejo leads T.J. Cox by. So, so there must be less ballot, less than 1,618 total ballots out there. That's right. And uh, we'll talk about half of that number. We'll right. talk about Mike Garcia's race next. Mike Garcia is the congressman from right here in Simi Valley. He was being challenged by Christy Smith, a former assemblywoman who uh, was part of a special election back in May. We've been talking about these two quite a bit. Recall, Mike Garcia won. Former Congresswoman Katie Hill's seat. Right. That's right. And uh, despite thousands of votes, at least this is how it's being reported, that have been uncounted. Representative Mike Garcia claimed victory over the weekend. Uh, This is the 25th congressional district. And he said on Friday uh, that this back and forth contest was over and that he officially won, I guess we could call it re-election since he won that special election. In a statement released by Mike Garcia, he said victory is clear given the votes remaining uncounted. Now, the Associated Press and other media outlets haven't declared a winner yet in the race. Mm -hmm. Christy Smith was pretty upset about it. She said that Mike Garcia his assertion of victory was premature and, quote, dangerous to our democratic process. Yes. They say that there are thousands of ballots uncounted, and Christy Smith at least says the race is still too close to call. Let's present some information to our listening family, and then you guys determine if that race is too close to call. How many ballots remain uncounted? I I read 2,500 ballots remain uncounted or something like that. It's probably close to that. What's the number of votes in difference between Garcia and the incumbent? And I like Mike Garcia. In fact, I, I applauded him for his leadership. I made it into his campaign tweets. I know. I didn't intend to do that. I didn't endorse, but he knows that. He's a nice guy, but still. How many votes is he ahead by? Do we know that number? Uh, let's well, see. I, can... I do. It is. If it's he's ahead than... by 600 votes. Even, okay. Even. Well, then 600 even. If he's ahead, excuse me, he's, he's winning by 600. Mm-hmm. And there's 2,000 or 2,500 ballots to be counted. And I thought I heard 2,500. And, Jen, you think it's around that amount too, right? I believe it is. We'll confirm. He has no, with all due respect to Mike Garcia, who I like. Mike, you shouldn't declare victory if there's uh, certainly plenty of votes sufficient out there. If it is the will of that particular voter as expressed on that ballot, you got to hold easy. I was going to well, tweet this week. And I, was kind gonna of tweet, I was going to tweet this weekend and tag you and say, if you're driving to my friend Mike Garcia's victory party, you have to call Joe Biden president-elect. Well, I actually <laughs> think if you're going to insult Mike Garcia for claiming not, this, then you'd have to insult. insult Joe Biden for claiming the same thing. I did not insult Mike Because Garcia the candidate – I'm not saying that you did. I'm saying okay. people who do would have to be consistent because Mike Garcia – and this has become more strategic than anything else. The media has not called this race 
yet. The media doesn't call races. It's vote certification. So Mike Garcia could say he's the mayor of Mars and no, it, it would with, be a, with- it would be a strategy and not necessarily declaring anything because until the votes are certified, that's when we get the ultimate no, but the decision. Real, no, but Mike Garcia is- strategically is trying to show himself as the victor here to try to wrap things up, to try to push things along against his opponent. Well, it's just what Joe Biden is doing. No, it's not. Because with Mike Garcia, and I'm going to find these numbers, it seems to me, and I'll stand to be corrected if if I'm inaccurate here, but it seems to me that if he's ahead by 600 votes, the number I heard bandied about over the weekend was significantly higher than that of votes, votes that have not yet been counted. As for the presidential race, cases are being dismissed. There are no flipping of certifications at Georgia certified. There are not enough votes out there left uncounted to make President Trump the winner over the former vice president. Maybe there were too many votes counted, however. Could that be the question? Were they not legal votes? It's a closer margin. It's a very close race. And we'll continue to follow the story Uh, in and out. Local California chain causes some violence in... (laughs) <laughs> in a state, wait, not wait, double, our double own. Violence? Double, it double, was violence? double, double violence. We'll tell you what happened in the state of Colorado, which we can call the state of insanity, as your Monday morning answer continues. Every morning, breaking news and talk you can trust. This is The Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horan. Thanks for joining us on your Monday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn here, and we thank you for joining us. Now, Brian is our fast food connoisseur. If you're new to the program, this is something that Brian takes very seriously. He has um, he's visited every fast food establishment within a 54-mile radius of his home. Uh, yeah, and nationally. And has I've critiqued been, them all. I, I have critiqued them all because I recognize as, a, as your fast food connoisseur, and if you look it up, it's one who is able to judge the merits of an art form and the delivery preparation of fast food with the expectations, the value required by the customer, the consistency and the quality. It's all matters. And I watch that industry very, very closely as I also watch my my uh, my uh, my sugar levels, my sodium <laughs> levels and all of that very closely. But it brings me great sadness to hear that the opening. Mm-hmm. Of an In-N-Out burger in Aurora, right outside of Denver, Colorado. Yeah, Colorado, which should opened... be a happy occasion. Oh uh, yeah, right. Uh, many states wait. For they have those many... big old scissors and the ribbon. They, I mean, this was they do, and I will say, grand opening. Fast... Yeah, that uh, In-N-Out will be regional as long as the family that operates and the and the and the lady who is in charge. The Snyder now, family. The Snyder family. That's right. Well they they say, hey, we're not gonna open in and out on the east. This is a regional this starting you know here. They've sort of sold out a little bit because little the bit. reason we talk about in and out is that they are a California com- company. They were fa- yeah. founded in Baldwin Park. They're based in Irvine. It used to be that people had to come to California for in and out, but then it started spreading, right? We got to Arizona, Nevada, Utah, Texas, Oregon. Well now Colorado is the next in line. Right. Right. And they, and they can't handle the, they can't handle the responsibility in Colorado well, of having an in and out. And by the way, the urge to be first to get in there and have your fast food sometimes results in horrific stories that I can't even bring myself to deliver information as your fast food connoisseur. There is emotion. Here, hold my hand. Let's oh, yeah. from a social distance. Yeah. Let's try to get through this together. Colorado residents waited okay, in and out is good. Uh, no, but fourteen start. hours? Hey. 
They waited up to 14 hours to get their hands on In-N-Out burgers and fries after the chain opened two locations in Colorado on Friday. The line resulted in traffic, and it it's got a double sh- double opening. A double <laughs> double opening. And two restaurants. Yes, continue. Please. It went animal style. These people were so crazy. Oh, you see, you're going to already start taking my jokes. I've that already was got not your. Out Oh, it's sorry, on the paper in front of me. Oh, That's sorry. Why I told you sorry. Things. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Pretend you didn't hear that. Got so out of hand that the yes. Aurora Police Department took to Twitter to beg people to support other local eateries and hit in and out on another day. Those who stayed in line, however, were treated to a large fight that broke out. In a which, melee. Yes, in which two in and out customers exited their cars huh. and got into a fist fight while others <laughs> waited. And these and two it, really what, went at it. We just, Jennifer and I, you're informed morning answer hosts uh, doing the broadcast we watched the video and i don't know if you saw the guys did come out and they got into it and then the one guy comes up on the other guy with a two by four. Oh no, my it was gosh a four, it was a four by like four, hacksaw jim duggan it was a three by three or four by four it I was forget. a four by four okay he took a four by four <laughs> and he cracked it over the guy's head i mean it was a real pier six brawl <laughs> outside the in and out now look um i think the restaurant will be fine it's not the type of publicity they want but they can't help but that people uh, behave this way. Oh, they this just... is great for them. People are wrestling in front it's of their restaurants great. for a you know, burger. As your, as your fast food connoisseur who recognizes the marketing. And, you know, I was a former CFO of uh, the Twizzler company. <laughs> huh? No, but it's bad. The, the company, t- Ms. Snyder, doesn't like it because okay. it suggests to the Mr. and Mrs. America and their family of four, their nuclear, as George W. would say, family of four, it suggests to them that if you go to that location, well, some of the riffraff that well, we saw on television when they opened up might be present. See, I actually, I'm, I'm going to respectfully disagree because here's the thing. The Imagine this. All right, ready? So you have a restaurant that just opens in Denver, Colorado. Oh, how dare you? Oh, it's a run of the mill restaurant? Like, no one there. It's called Crickets Restaurant. And you could just hear the crickets. Or huh? you have In and Out Burger, it's- and it just opens up on Ooh. Friday. People are wrestling. They're wrestling to get inside. What would you rather have? Would you rather have grilled cheese? I didn't know. I go to Cricket's restaurant. Would you rather have? I'm just saying. Anything (laughs) that is good and excellent is worth fighting for. I don't know if literally fighting is a thing, but wow. How about that? Now, it reminds me of something that I read, my love. We're going to be spared in four days. And I don't mean – I spare the, the negative part of Black Friday when people trample people. That's a negative part. No, nobody has ever liked that. We'll be spared that. Unfortunately, you're right. Retailers with closures. We talked about Macy's you know, with uh, Stephen Moore last week and the closures. I don't know what Black Friday is going to look like. Do you have any feel on that? Any beat It's going to be that? online. Get ready. And by the way, there are but warnings already. Cyber Monday. There are, but it, it's starting already. And, uh, Cyber Friday? Yeah. Just people using Black Friday specials online to order. And they've, they're saying this year because the onslaught of online ordering is going to be so great this year that you better order your presents early because they're not going to be able to do those two-day, three-day delivery windows like a lot of people rely on. Now, great broadcasters. Jennifer is one of them. And she's even greater that she drags a mediocre one like me around here. Oh, and it's stop. Tr- no, it's true. Because listen, Place. everybody has their expertise. And you are the shopping 
the Sultan of Shopping. Mm-hmm. The superstar of shopping. The, the Sultan I like. I like no, the No, but you're a superstar of shopping. No I doubt. think so. So I ask you, and you do a heavy, heavy, heavy online activity with the shopping. Mm-hmm. I would say in defense of the retailers, with the year we've all been through and they've been through with closures, malls, et cetera, and their stores, do consumers, do you expect the retailers on Friday, whether it's online or in person, to offer the deep discounts? Oh, that yeah. They typically offer because they got it. I mean, they're, they're, they're hurting too. And I know consumers are hurting. People have been furloughed, lost jobs, or generally have been hurting from this economy in the days of COVID-19 and precautions and safeguards, et cetera, all up for debate. We understand that. Uh, but you think they're going to offer the same discounts? Yeah, people are still spending, which is really unusual about this economy. I don't, and it'll be interesting to see how Christmas actually fares because uh, I don't know if people will still have great confidence since it seems to be going and going and going. But as a, as of now, the money that people were spending on travel and going out, they've put into the retail market, into home improvement, into these projects, and that's how they're how the economy Maybe has into been a able. Few more holiday gifts, exactly. So we'll see how how Christmas plays out. But it, I hate to break it to you, but Black Friday has been online for many for a few years now. So yeah, she, the day after that. Thanksgiving, you can find a ton of deals, and in fact, sometimes they're better than the Cyber Monday deals, which you no. get on the Monday after. So this yeah. is a blend. I've already from all of my. <clears throat> shopping partners yeah. started to receive emails about early Black Friday deals because they're trying to get to that. They're trying to up their bottom line. And I think there are so many people who are worried about shopping in person. This all comes, by the way, Gavin Newsom with a California curfew for those in the purple tier and, and Los Angeles is- County shutting down uh, all dining in restaurants, breweries, wineries, and bars for at least three weeks. That starts on Wednesday. Starts on Wednesday. And that is the outdoor dining that has been allowed, will be disallowed beginning Wednesday. You mentioned the governor. Governor Newsom and his entire family are quarantined. They have all tested negative for COVID-19, but uh, they came, uh, uh, one of his children came into contact, apparently, with a CHP officer who had tested positive for COVID-19. They're hiding CH- out from all the protests. Keep no, moving, guys. no, CHP <laughs> takes care of the governor of California like the Secret Service does the president. Thanks for joining us this morning. Make it a great Monday. It's 9 o'clock.